hey, you, listen, you. Yes, hi. My name is Sean. Uh, some people call me Slug. I'm from a band called Atmosphere, and we just dropped a brand new album. It's called So Many Other Realities Exist Simultaneously. And right now, with your permission, I would like to talk. I want to talk, and I'm, I'm hoping that you're cool with that. So right now, here it is, the Fly Fidelity Podcast. Let's go. First, First I say, what we're we going to do. do. Then, then you, you say, say, I don't know, what do you want to do? What we're going to do, what you want to do? do. You're going to dig this. The Fly Fidelity Podcast it is the solution. It's the best. Check it out. You want to get super fly, fly. Details just ahead. Do you love credible content, but, but, but hate how long you have to wait? And who wants super thick and frothy dumpster juice with rat corpses in it? There's a better way. Fly Fidelity. Fly Fidelity. Fly Fidelity. Fly Fidelity. Fly. Fly. Fly Fidelity. Fidelity. Fly Fidelity Podcast. Fly Fidelity, baby. Fidelity, baby. Fidelity. With your host, Luke Bailey. Welcome to the program. This week on Fly Fidelity, we welcome back Slug from Atmosphere for an enlightening and very meaningful conversation about his latest album, So Many Other Realities Exist Simultaneously. Enjoy the conversation. How are you feeling about the response to so many other realities exist simultaneously in today's reality? What, three, four years after starting the recording process? That's a good question. Uh, I, I, I guess I feel great, you know. Um, but to be fair, I had plenty of time to detach from what the response is you know that there's a i i've i've had the opportunity to obtain to, to receive responses from a lot of the people in my world that are closer to me um just via either sharing it with them which tends to be what i do i share the record with certain people in my circle far before it comes out and and, I, and i've and i've had that opportunity to like read or see how certain people feel about it so by the time the album is actually released i'm no longer really looking for anything in specific that right. at that point i've already kind of just committed to embracing and, and and reconciling whatever happens um you know and with that said i i think there's also i've had the privilege of having made albums that people didn't like and still continue to have my job of making albums and so it's it's one of those things where I've, I've had enough like i've grown a thick enough skin here that now you know when you put out a record like this i just want to make sure that i'm the one leaving room or, or, or creating space or whatever for everybody to just really have the response they want to have you know what i'm saying and so it's like if, if somebody's sure. like yo i'm not feeling it i i i i, I make sure that there's space for that I make sure that there's space for people to not feel it. It's still, we can still be friends. You feel me? Like you don't have to like all my music for me to like you. And and that kind of, I even give that space to fans. You know, I've had enough of a relationship with the fans opinion, especially, you know, oftentimes like fans will have a favorite that dates back and forever they will measure you against that. Oh, so God Loves Ugly is your favorite. So that means every record I ever make, you're going to try to measure it next to God Loves Ugly. And mm -hmm. I understand why that happens. And I'm like, you know, I'm not mad at that. 
Like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to hit that mark for you again, but I respect that that's how you do it. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, I, I've been able to, you know, I, and, and I would think anybody who's, who's had the, the, the fortune and the privilege to do this for as long as I've been doing it would, would, would be in a similar space, you know, where you just, you really do reach a point where the, where it really only matters how you feel about what you're doing, you know? And, and, and it's like, artists say it, we say it right out the gate. First thing I say, the first time I'm ever interviewed is like, I make this for me. But the truth is we could still be affected by how people feel about it. But at a certain point, you reach a stage where it's like, for better or for worse, you don't really, I'm not gonna say care, but you don't really, you, you don't put you, you don't put your whole, you don't put all your feels on that. You, you don't, you're, you're okay with however people react to it as long as you love it. If you're questioning it and people hate it, yeah, you might be onto something. But I know that me and Anthony made this thing that both of us really loved. And, and we were very excited to set it free into the world and let it go be what it's going to be. If it comes back and it's like, look, I'm a doctor. I'm going to be like, oh, I'm proud of you. You went out there and you were a doctor. If it comes back and says, look, you know, I drive a bus. I'm going to be like, yo, that's tight. I'm proud of you. You drive a bus. You feel me? Like it, it, it doesn't mm. matter. It's kind of like your children. It's like your children. You're not going to be like, oh, I like this kid less because you know, he, he has a hard time finding a job. You know what I'm saying? You're still going to love your kid. You know what I mean? At least that first time. Yeah. In it together still. Well, I feel like in a weird way, um, and maybe I wasn't even fully aware until it got deep into it. The past was informing this music. And that was something that I guess I've never really fully embraced before in, in, in the sense of, of how much influence our past music has on the music we make today. Because we always wanted to you know, hopefully successfully flip the script when we make another album. We, we, we hope to mix it up, try something different. Um, whether or not the listener can hear that, whether or not they go, oh, they make the same album over and over again. Who knows what they're thinking? But w w when we approach it, we think, oh, this is a different way to do this. And maybe there's different ways to create a song that fits in a similar box. Maybe that's all it is. I don't know. But this album, as I was making it, I realized in the process, I was aware of the fact that I was drawing from other spaces. And so in that way, maybe I blame Ant because maybe he was drawing from spaces that were familiar and forcing me to write to it. Because I wrote to everything he gave me. Like all the beats on there are all the beats that, that he gave me for this album. You know what I mean? Like we intentionally included everything and even the sequencing is in the order of the beats he gave me. He'd give me one beat and say, right. And then I would turn a song into him. And he'd be like, okay, cool. Here's the next one. And I would write it. And then he, I would turn that over to him. And then he'd go, okay, cool. Here's the next one. And he sequenced it in that same order. So he was basically sequencing the music. It was intentional. Um, and inside of that, I found myself drawing from older material kind of like you hear the on and on and on at the end of um, bigger pictures. Well, that's obviously one of our old mm -hmm. choruses from a song called scapegoat to anybody who knows us. Right. And, but it made so much sense to incorporate the concept of like, wow, we've been doing this for over 25 years. It's still going. Here's a song where I'm writing about, you know, the sequence of my life. And that's the other, that's, still going that what a weird way to say that but but between the two my life and my career are, are walking this this road together holding hands and so marrying that chorus the one that might be the reason why people ever heard of me in the first place that song um scapegoat marrying that to the song here that's towards the end of the project talking about my life you know it made sense and it wasn't like oh i'm gonna jack this hook because people like it 
or, oh, I'm going to quote myself because that's a fly quote. It, it was more like, oh, no, wait, this makes sense right now. And wow, I would have never considered that because I never would have ever redid that chorus. I'm not that dude. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. I, I'm not a part two kind of motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, I, I've never made a part two. I've told a story and continued a story, but I've never tried to like go, let's make God Loves Ugly too. No disrespect to rappers that do that. Like, I get it. It's part of what we do. We make sequels. Feel me? But I've never done that. That's not me. That's not what you do. Right. Right. And and so it was interesting to see myself flirting so obviously with the older material. But the best part was it was also these songs are flirting with the song that you just heard prior to it in the sequence. So I wasn't just reaching back 20 years, but I was reaching back two weeks. I was grabbing items that were spoken on on this record and referencing them later in the record. And that was kind of a, a, a interesting thing for me because I felt like, oh, this is what Ant's doing. He's also sequencing because he's making this in, in the order that he wants it to be, right? And so he's also mm. planting Easter eggs in the musical sequence that you'll hear something and it might be a reference to something that happened a couple songs prior. You know what I'm saying? And so it was just a, it was an interesting concept because that's how I look at all of that. The, the question you asked about that, like to me, that was part of the concept of this record. But it not that kind of what was going on? It was a lot of self-reflection at the time for a lot of people, whether that be, you know, in your personal life, your work life, your political life, your social media life. Self-reflection kind of at least tried to be the name of the game during that COVID shit. A lot of people really, you know, people started going to therapy in droves. You know what I'm saying? It, it's like it was kind of a time for that. And so somehow my, my version of it ended up on this record. I feel like with that being said, I feel like so much of this album does feel like you leaning in and expressing different ways of seeing time as an attempt to find a relationship to time that isn't painful. Can you talk about the benefits of what happened during the pandemic with it freezing time and your intentions to stop time and encourage people to pause for reflection and honor yesterday, today and tomorrow? That's a great question. So um, time did freeze. It stopped. And it gave me time. It gave a lot of us time. The, 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 the irony there is everything froze. But in doing that, everybody suddenly had more time on their hands. And for me, I, you know, was in a, a fortunate space that I could take that time and spend it with my kids. Um, and I'd never been around my children that much in a year. You know, their their whole lives I've been touring, which means I come and I go, you know, and, 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 and even for my oldest, you know. And so um, to have this time to be able to focus on, you know, uh, I, I, we, we put them into the distance learning programs here. And I basically kind of became the, uh, the principal slash overseer of the schoolhouse. And so every morning I'd get up and they would come with me to the studio and they would do school from there. I set up the studio to give them a lot of space for all of the stuff they had to do. We set up a little gym for them to do their, their <laughs> physical activities. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we had all, you Love know, you, cause it's winter, it's winter here during the school year. So you got to have a, a space for all of these things. Sure. And, and I went and did that so that my wife could continue working. Cause, cause uh, she stayed working through the pandemic. And I got, so, so, so the, the time factor was this thing where it was like, and all, and also, you know, culturally time appears or t seems to be a, a, a topic. And so, you know, some of, some of my favorite artists are communicating their thoughts about time and I'm ingesting this. Um, whether that be musical or visual artists, I'm, I'm seeing it become more of like this spoken piece at the same time that I'm having this experience. And so it just became something that I thought about a lot more, you know, and wanted to kind of like work out my own bugs, work out my own thoughts on, on paper, on, on some of these beats, you know, which is interesting because, you know, low key, that is kind of a big part of what this album is about is time. 
Yeah. It's just that, you know, it's just it, uh, uh, like, 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 like some of the stuff that we're dealing with or some of the topics that we're dealing with on this record. I try to be a little bit subversive with some of that because I don't want to preach to the choir. You feel me? I don't want to just be like, here's what I think. Who's on board, you know? And so I, I try to tuck what I think into the storyline or even if it's, you know, just me kind of like rapping for rapping. Um, I just try to tuck some of that stuff into the bars you know what i'm saying and so it's like but yeah 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 you know i think that in a big way having the ability to really spend this much time working on this project because there was no tour coming i didn't have to finish it up and turn it in by a deadline i had no deadlines nobody was like yo where's your record give it here because i'd been supplying the label with a lot of music you know what i'm saying like I, i had it was a really perfect setup for us in the sense that we we'd been making a lot we'd stayed prolific for those few years even prior to the to the pandemic so that when this opened up for me man i'm not even gonna front man like the 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 pandemic was a horrible thing but i was able to find some silver linings inside of that for myself personally to just kind of ground myself and and really remember who i was and what I was about, you know what I'm saying? Because when you tour a lot, it can get real easy to become ungrounded. It, it can become real easy to just kind of like, you just get into the cycle and you move. And it's like, you wake up, then you go do this, you go do this, you go do this, you, you know, and it's regimented because if you go off of that regiment, it's really easy to get lost in, 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 in that city that you're not really too familiar with. It's really easy. Mm. Like, it, like, you know, when you, when I had a normal job, I would still get up, go do my job, but I could look at the clock and be like, okay, in eight hours, I get to be the hell out of here. Okay. In, in seven hours, in six, in, in four hours, I get to clock out, you know, touring ain't really like that. If you do have that time where you get to clock out, you still really don't have something familiar to go do. So, you know, people will sit in their hotel rooms and watch TV. Some people, they go drink. Some people, you know, they, they you know, they go buy records. You feel me? It's like there's there's things that you do to set yourself up for familiarity, even though you may never have been in this restaurant or this record store or this hotel room before. You know what I'm saying? So it's like having this time to be able to get familiar with with the things that I already love. It it it, it was you know it was it was important for me, man. It was a it was a really it was a, it was a really it was really good for me. It was really healthy for me, you know. And I and I, I hate saying that kind of stuff too much because I know a lot of people experienced a lot of like, you know, heartache and and, and trauma during um, COVID. And and, and and then we all did as a, even as a society, we were traumatized. You know what I'm saying? But it's like for me to be able to have this this opportunity to be with my kids and to make music just nonstop. So I'm at I'm at school with the kids all day, and then after school I take them home. Uh, they eat dinner, start going into like bedtime routine, and I'll go back to the studio and write for the next six hours. You know what I'm saying? Come home, yeah. take a nap, get up, take them to school. You know what I mean? It's like it was it was good, man. It was it was a, it was pretty good for me, you know. And and this album is the result of that, you know, for better or for worse. You were blessed to be of a reality where it happened to work out for you that way, weren't you? When you can tell listening to this album that there were pros and I'm wondering as an artist driven by your audience, like you said, and being on a road, were you in any way impacted creatively by the social cost of isolation making this album or or do you never feel alone when you're alone by yourself, as you say on one of the songs? You know, that's great. Thank you for, for asking that and for calling out that line. You know, I, anybody who knows me knows that I don't really kick it. I'm not, I used to go party and maybe I did so much of it that now my pendulum has swung the other direction and I stopped kicking it. You know, I don't, I got like one homie that I will try to get breakfast with once a week. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, other than that, all my friends are kind of my work friends and I see them often enough that it kind of, feeds any social needs that I have. So my circle is very small. And when I tour, I don't go party. I don't go kick it. I'm kind of a lone wolf in that sense. You know, I, I, I tend to, to kind of stick to myself and, and just try to stay healthy. You know, aside from going record shopping with, with, with the boys, I'm kind of like by low myself, yeah. low key. So when this, when, when the lockdown happened and the distancing happened, it, I don't mean to sound like a cliche because I'm sure a lot of people felt this way because I know a lot of people are like me. It, it was my strength. 
already. My superpower is being by myself. And so this was not hard to do for me. You know what I mean? It was just like, I, I would have spent that much time alone had the pandemic never happened. Do you feel me? Uh, it, it, so, so I, I think, you know, I think that, I think that that not touring definitely was good in the sense of I was able to really focus on what I was working on. Cause when you got to leave to go on tour and put it down, then you got to come back from tour and figure out how to pick the pen back up. You know what I mean? And so it's like, there's transitions just like anything, you know, um, when you come back from tour, you got to figure out how to like transition back into family life. You know, like there's transitions you got to figure out when you, when you, when you travel a lot. And, and so not having to go through any of those transitions, I do think kept me in a writing space that, I never had to re-pick up. It just kept going, you know? So much in that, even when I turned this project in, I mean, you already know me. I started another project immediately, which I've also turned in. You feel me? <laughs> so it's like, you know, I've, I've, I've been in a great space, um, you know? And then we had a couple of tours. They were summertime tours. What a great time to just, okay, let me put the pen down, go hit this tour. I bring my bike on tour, right? And so I get on my bike, put in my, put in my earbud and ride my bike, try to get my 10, 15 miles in while listening to these, you know, reference tracks of that I'd been working on to take notes of things that I'd like to see happen or whatever. So it was like, almost like I got to write all this stuff. Then in the summer, I got to go on the road and listen to it like at nausea and, 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 and familiarize with what needs to happen when I get home and we get into the mixing, you know? Silence must have froze to death. Plus the firewood is wet. The smoke will make you choke. Wondering how many summers are left. Right? Took a couple steps, then stumbled to the floor. Like I don't know what the hell we struggling for. Like you mentioned the word transition. You mentioned pivoting from when you get off tour. What do you think you've learned about gearing your experience and structure of time towards meaning between writing this album or writing the last two atmosphere albums? I mean, that's a great question. And I feel like one of the biggest, I, I guess, things that I've walked away from this experience, as well as the albums, as well as all the experiences over the last three years, right? Ever since 2020, when we had COVID started in the spring, and then in the, you know, right around Memorial Weekend, when it was supposed to be sound set, our festival, which had gotten canceled by COVID, there was a, a, a man here in Minneapolis named George Floyd was murdered by the police, really close to where I'm sitting right now, like really close to the, to the house, um, really close to the neighborhood I grew up in. And then there was kind of this like movement in the city of, of a lot of people coming forward with their traumas and with the harms that they have felt within the arts community. And so there was like a large kind of like reckoning of that that occurred here in the Twin Cities. And I'm also going into that school year of being around my kids. And I'm also starting the making of this record like that fall, the school year and then fall. So it, that was a succession of events that had kind of occurred in my life that were important to me. Hmm. And all of that together including those records you heard, including this record, like all of it has been reinforcing, I would, I would say one word, which is intentionality. Like mm -hmm. right now, um, I try to move and walk with as much intentionality as possible 
you know, when dealing with people, when dealing with friends, when dealing with my family, when dealing with complete strangers, I've noticed a shift and I'm realizing that I have, and, and, and here's, here's the thing. I don't think that it was intentional for me to try to be more intentional. I think that it's just something I kind of have picked up maybe later than I should have, maybe something I should have learned longer ago. I'm 50. So maybe this is something I should have learned at 30 or 40, you know what I'm saying? But here I am now going, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And what I've learned in doing this is that it just kind of, you know, kind of like a, the machinery of my life. There's certain parts of the machine that maybe grinded against each other when the engine was moving. And I'm realizing that more of that grinding, I can, I can smooth it out. And if I'm, if I'm being considerate of myself from a mental, a spiritual, physical space, and then how I deal with people, there's certain elements of my world that have smoothed out, you know, and I, and I hope that this album somehow projects that feeling. I can't imagine anybody would interpret everything I just said upon listening to this, to this album, but, but, but I hope that at least the, um, the, I don't want to say comfort, but the confidence, I'm hoping you can hear the confidence in that, you know, oftentimes in our older music, there was confidence, but it was a young man's confidence of like, got to prove yourself. And oftentimes that kind of confidence comes from a place of insecurity. You are overcompensating for some insecurity with some extra confidence. And that's a, that's a very real thing, especially when we're talking about, you know, this culture and, and how it was born from people who eventually, who essentially had their voices stripped from them. You feel me? It's like people had to overcompensate for all that loss and all of that forced insecurity with overconfidence you know what i'm saying that's why i'm the flyest i'm the coolest i'm the i'm the baddest motherfucker in the room i'm the i'm the thuggiest motherfucker here i'm the hardest i'm the i'm the i, I got I'll, I'll take your i'll take your woman i got i got flyer watch than you all of that comes from that space that space of overcompensating for insecurities that were forced on groups of people so i know my older confidence was part of that you know celebration uh, but now I feel like this confidence I have is a little bit more about oh I'm finally figuring out how to live and how to do this I'm finally figuring out I'm finally seeing things that are like oh that actually brings me joy whoa I just said the word joy and I wasn't being sarcastic you know what I'm saying it's like there's certain things <laughs> right. there's certain things that start to occur in your life as an adult and like I say, I might've been a little late to the party, but I've been late to the party since I was born. That's just been my whole life. I'm not suffocating. I'm just holding my breath. That line is being said with confidence. It's like, oh, I'm cool with this. You're I'm comfortable. not complaining. This ain't, exactly. This ain't a complaint. Whereas if I would have said, I'm not suffocating, I'm just holding my breath in, in, in 2003, it would have been desperate. It would have been a different a whole different thing mm, you know what I'm because saying? that was your reality then, back then or at least that was what the reality is that i put myself into you know what i'm saying like all these realities are kind of like masks or or even better sunglasses you wear some certain sunglasses to keep some sh certain shit out your eyes keep it out your face make you you ain't got to squint and at a certain point you got to go you know what i've been trying not to squint for so long what would happen if i just leaned in and and, and, and let that Bright light hit my face. Okay. I'm positive that it's a negative connection 
I got a cup full of Novocaine. Okay. Stairway to heaven. Hope my name's on the guest list. Go away. My stress gets trapped between the shoulder blades. Searching for some benefits for perfect attendance. Keep attention span attentive like we dance around an open flame. I'll trade a couple silver linings for some golden days. I confess I'm still trying to impress Papa. I guess that I'm expecting I'll see him again. Ha ha. Laughing on a cloud and some wings and a Speaking to what you're talking about right now specifically, it does feel like this album more than anything. It's almost as if it's been an exercise for you to get out your own way, to service the angle and push these limits of competing with yourself to amplify your relationship as a collaborator with Ant. I want to think he challenges me every single time he gives me a beat. I don't think that he is ever going to be like, oh, here's one you can knock out the park. You know, I don't think there'll ever be another, like, for instance, um, when people think of the atmosphere, the, the popular songs, if you go look at what our most popular songs are, Yesterday is one of them. And I don't think he's ever going to hand me another Yesterday. You know, uh, I don't think he's ever going to be like, here is, you know, a, 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 a optimistic piano sample on top of simple drums and bass line. He's, he's, he's going to be like, oh, I already, I already seen you do that. Let me see you do this. That's kind of how he operates. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, so I feel like he challenges me every time. So then I have to figure out how to write this song. What is this song supposed to be? What do I hear? What is this music doing? What, what, what you know, and then I have to figure out if, if, if it's a song that is familiar from me, well, then how do I do it so that it, it's different? You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I, and I, and I think right. that in a weird way, that might be the explanation as to why we still have this job is because we don't go, well, shit, you know, the best day was a popular one. So let's make another one of those so that we can have another one that catches streams. You feel me now to be fair, the song, okay. First song on this record, it's an optimistic song, you know? So you could say, Oh, it's like best day. And the fact that it's optimistic, but it's not mm. the same song. It's, it's a very different kind of fucking song. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, mm. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess to answer your question and, 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 and to, to just get straight to the point, I think the answer is yes. I agree with you in, in the sense that, you know, there is a, a need or a desire to to out to, to compete with myself. But really, I think it's, it comes from Anthony. I think he's kind of like the base of that, you know, because at the end of the day i will rap to anything straight up i will try anything and i will fucking rap to it but he's the one that's kind of like yeah but i want to see you rap to this i want to see what happens if you rap to this you know i think he i think he likes seeing where i might try to go seeing what i might try to say and and he knows that you know my goal is to get a reaction out of him either make him laugh or make him flinch Make him squint. Take them sunglasses off. Let me see if I can make you squint on this one. You know what I'm saying? It's like, right. I, and, and so if I can, if I get him to react, then we both know, well, we can show this to people, you know? And that was the cool thing about making this record. There were no throwaway tracks. Now, one could argue that that's not a good thing. <laughs> but, but for me, what was great about it was it was like the pressure was to construct a, a piece out of these pieces that he's given me and i didn't know when he was going to stop i didn't know when he was going to be like here's the last song <laughs> you know what i'm saying it it, it was it, it wasn't until we we hit that song sculpting with fire that i was like oh this probably has to be the last song when he gave me that beat and i what heard what kind of timeline was that um probably about a year and a half probably not not quite a year and a half because we started in september of 2020 with okay and i actually to be honest i think he gave me the beat in august but i didn't take it serious and try to sit down and write to it until september and then i think that sculpting with fire was a beat that he gave me in well let me think there's probably a, a reference on there that would tell me i could go open up the computer and tell you pretty easily because it, it, they're all you know it, it fucking timelines everything it puts a timestamp on shit but i think sculpting with fire I probably started writing that in November or December of 2021 would be my guess. I don't think we had that song yet 
when I went on tour with Cypress Hill. Um, I think when I went on with Cypress Hill, we were still probably just getting the Sawrock verse would be my guess. Oh, and that was the other cool thing was I was able to go, oh, you know what? I have an idea. I want to have somebody on here. And I suggested Sawrock and he was with it. <laughs> and I was like, yes. You know, oh. and to know that, so that 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 my ear or or my opinion it, it means that you know that that he that he accepts it or agrees with it or, or or listens you know that's so dope to me to be in a musical relationship with somebody that will let me be like what about this and be like well yeah let's give that a shot you know what i mean it's like that's a huge part of our of our friendship and our relationship too though You've been vocal about Ant pushing you even when you didn't like lyrics and there were bars that you were writing you didn't connect with. What were the benefits of losing control of certain creative decisions lyrically and having to follow that flow of collaboration? What were those benefits for you? For me, it taught me how to just write better. You know, I think Anthony, as a producer, probably heard what he considered my strength to truly be. And would push me in that direction. Me as a rapper, specifically a rapper that grew up maybe leaning more towards Big Daddy Kane than, you know, I thought I wanted to be able to like, you know, tell a story and drop some knowledge and spit some battle rhymes and have a song for the ladies. You know, that was me as a kid i thought that's the kind of rapper i want to be and i probably chased that far too long into my career of attempting to be that you know that that rapper that can do it all and anthony as a good producer probably was like okay yeah yeah sure do your thing however you know i i'm gonna still produce you and get the best out of you and and i think that that's kind of that's a big part of that so along with him teaching me how to count bars and teaching me how to approach hooks and choruses he also kind of taught me about who i am and how i should translate who i am to who i am as an mc you know oftentimes mm -hmm. i think people give me this credit for being one of the mcs that might have been early on you know talking about my fucking feelings or some shit right and the truth is, I always did that. I talked about my fucking feelings in real life. I, you know, I didn't know you could rap about that shit. It was Anthony that probably somehow dragged it out of me. And I'm probably saying this a little prematurely. This should probably be in the book someday, right? But fuck it. I'm, I'm thinking about it again. So I'm going to say it. Like, I do think, weirdly, he is the the person who really kind of invented that for me which ultimately turned into a scene of mcs who kind of put atmosphere into their top groups feel me and, and so you got all these mcs scattered around the country that were you know younger than me but started to rap and sound like atmosphere and people are always like slug influenced these kids and i want to just make sure the record should state Ant had a big part of influencing those motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? So if you're ever feeling yeah. like, oh, there's too many slugs out there, you can blame Ant for that. <laughs> was there ever a time where Ant was going to become a rapper himself? Did you ever talk to him about rhyming? <laughs> you know, like anybody his age, he rapped in the 80s. But I think he figured out early on that DJing was what he wanted to be. But you know, in the 80s, we all did everything. I was a DJ. I tried making beats. I mm. I wrote graffiti. I was trying to be a break dancer. You I thought I was taught that that's what you were supposed to do. You're supposed to do it all. You know, when I finally focused on rap, well look at that. I just explained how even in rap I thought I'm supposed to do it all. And we continue trying to be the ladies man, as well as the storyteller. I wanted to be LL Cool J. I wanted to be Big Daddy Kane. I wanted to be able to, to do all of the facets. Bro, I still put a reggae song on every album. 
That's because of Run DMC. Mm. You know, I still am like, oh, there's got to be a reggae song on the album. Like, what the fuck does that come from? That comes from me trying to fit the mold of what a, a good rap record sounded like in 1988. What about the destination with this album? Did you always know where you were going or, or were there any challenges that came with navigating such a foreign creative space and process for you? Oh, it was, it was challenging the whole, the whole time. It was challenging. Uh, 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 especially, you know, when he would give me the next beat, like I'd be sitting there feeling, feeling myself, proud of myself for, for being able to accomplish the song I just turned in. And he would already, like the minute I give him the song, it was like, 20 minutes later, the next beat would show up in my email. And so wow. it was like, oh, oh God, here we go again. You know, <laughs> it was, it was, you know, in a good way, but, but, but still yeah. it was, a, it, I didn't know what was coming ever. And then, so then I would be like, all right, let me hear it. And let me see if I could figure out why this is the next beat. Mm. And if it clicked, if I could figure out why it would definitely help me figure out what I was supposed to do with it. You know what I'm saying? If I couldn't figure out why, well, then I just had to go to the drawing board and be like, all right, loop it up. Listen, listen, listen okay. until it gives me that sense of personality that I got to find in order to know what I'm supposed to rap about. And so like, and you can hear it in our album, you know, there's a song on there called positive space. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what the hell I was supposed to rap about on that when he gave me that. And that's why it's almost a response to the two. It's almost a literal response to the two songs right before it. Because instead of, instead of figuring out what the personality was or what the story was, I was like, okay, what did I just do on this album? Oh, I got a song about being in love during Armageddon, the end of the world. And then I have Sarak come on and she portrays the planet breaking up with humanity. The planet's going, I'm done. We're getting a divorce. And so then I come in immediately with, I must have fell off the edge of the planet. And I start talking about viewing the world and the reality on this planet from space. But it's a positive space, which you know, I thought was a great title because it doesn't reference anything in the song necessarily, but as an art reference, you know, you're told to paint and draw, but make sure you pay attention to the negative space. And so here I'm essentially saying, nah, focus on the positive space as a way to say how to deal with um, something painful or traumatic. If you're having a hard time with that, fall back and, and, and look at the positive space for a minute. You know what I'm saying? You don't always have to stare at the, the bad shit that's happened to you. And so to have a song like that, where I'm like, I don't even know what you define as success. I don't know who you are necessarily, but you know, we're kind of all in this together. So what are the parts that tie us together? And it's a real loose song. It's just me rapping about rapping about rapping, but it's not. I'm dropping little points in there that is basically addressing division because of how all the division that has been going on in the fucking world. Right. Um, and, and so to be able to go, oh, I know that for that song, I drew from the Sarak verse and from the song with Merkage Dave. 
specifically to write that song you feel me so it was it was dope because you know rather than being like ah i don't know what to do with this beat aunt i i was like okay well let me do my fucking thing here you know what i mean like uh you know and, and that was a big challenge for me because that beat i didn't know what to do with that it was like you know, if you would if you would have given that beat to somebody from Griselda, you it would have been the shit. You know what you would have gotten, but I can't right. do what they do. If you would have given that beat to somebody out on the West Coast and let them get you know flippant on it, like that's the shit. They would have murdered it. But I don't, I don't do that. If you heard me come out and start fucking you know triple triple time and shit, you know you would be like, what is he trying to do? You know what I mean? So it's like, so what do I do here? You know? And that's when I was like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna turn it into some sort of like, uh acknowledgement or 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 overview or uh observation of where we are at in the album right now and and where we were at was you know uh you know this album has a real loose concept going on and at the point of the album that that song comes in it's an observation on the fact that you know this person who thought he was going to take himself off the planet ended up not however the planet actually ended up breaking up with humanity so the there's a mm. irony there in, in a sense you know the the, the, the person i don't want to say suicide because that's a really strong word but the person the 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 protagonist of this album at one point was like this isn't for me i don't want to be here feel me and they they ended up in sort of kind of like this purgatory space of of what do i you know what is this i'm stuck i'm stuck between stations uh and then realizes but but i love you and i'm here for this and that that's the song with Merkin state still life and then sarah comes in and is like nah i'm mother earth and i want to divorce humankind <laughs> it's like oh <laughs> right as the protagonist decides he's gonna live and, and live anew you know armageddon comes and then and then and then me doing the observational positive space outside of armageddon watching earth etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah, sorry, I, it's a lot, man. No, no, and, and don't I, and be. I tend, yeah, I, I wasn't intending to go and open up all those doors because it's not important for people to know that. You know, what I'm saying a lot of this story does. People have to get their own interpretations of what all this shit is about because their interpretations will be way cooler than what what mine are. Can you share any standout specific memories of is this really happening moments that contributed, I guess, a clarity to your lyrics when you were writing during peak pandemic? Mm. I guess, you know, there's a song on there called Portrait that when I wrote that one, it was... Uh, it was kind of a hard one because that's the one where I had to actually address the idea of the protagonist wanting to leave. And so I had to kind of like root through myself and figure out well, where's that coming from? You know, do I need a therapist? And you know what I'm saying? Like, am, am I, am I, am I contemplating death for a reason? But then the thing is I go, well, man, I've been rapping about death for 20 fucking years. So no, I don't think I need to be overly concerned. You know what I mean? And, and that gave me, I guess you would say, the bounce that I needed to get into the next bunch of songs. You, you see what I'm saying? So it was weird yeah. because Portrait's kind of a depressing song. And the shit that I'm talking about on there is a lot of very, very serious stuff um, in regards to how I felt about a lot of the shit around me. And and then to go, you know, at the end, the, the, the portrait of the artist as a departure, ascension, ascension, is kind of a, you know, it's it's kind of a hint at the departure, the leaving, the right. death, right? And and I'm like going, man, does this mean I'm thinking about suicide? You know what I'm saying? And yeah. then I was like, no, nah, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that because I've been fucking rapping about my own death forever. Even, whether just literally or even through storytelling, whatever. I'm just one of them rappers that like fucking, I probably think about this shit, you know what I'm saying? But then again, that also plays into that word time.
I've been better, been worse, more blessed than I'm cursed Trying to train myself to treat my body like a church Takes a certain type of nerve to make a person fight the urge And when I'm dead I'll still work to try to fertilize your dirt But first I acknowledge the vice versa We could trade shoes and you'd probably play blues And while you was paying dues they borrowed your face too Trying to get you to admit to some weight that you ain't moved I see them fighting off the feeling just to find a little frequency and rotate with the seasons And I don't need to know the reasons you believe as long as you believe that there's a scenery beyond the ceiling That's just my unsolicited suggestion And don't nobody give a shit if it passes your inspection But that's not realistic cause we starving for attention A portrait of the artist as an addendum now that you mentioned it You don't wanna hear my voice but you force yourself to listen Gotta check in case I'm talking about you From that song, it gave me the bounce I needed to get into the fucking crop circles, September Fool's Day, because that's where the artist is now reckoning and realizing that he doesn't want to die. So here I am kind of letting this fucking protagonist and me intertwine, which I guess is common. I do that. But then I get into Talk Talk, which I actually named Talk Talk, and funny enough, best song by talk talk the band ever was a song called ascension day wow so it links and that's purgatory it all links oh yeah dude this whole album is fucked up bro in that way you know what i mean like and i know that but i don't know if anybody else will hear it because they weren't in my head when i wrote it here's the thing man i anthony and to a greater extent our audience has not only given me the space but encouraged me to be mm, transparent mm. to wear my heart on my sleeve and when i write i'm all by myself nobody is in the room with me anthony's not in the room with me when i write these songs i'm all by myself and there's no better way to write some transparent shit than to be all by yourself because you can write anything you can record anything you don't have to show anybody so you can say everything that you need to say and then you can listen to it and you can cry if you want to you can you can use it therapeutically you can document these things that you've been through or that you felt you can document your wins your losses your traumas you don't have to show nobody but to document them, to put them to tape on top of music is such a ritual in that I do suggest it could be helpful to people to do that. You feel me? It's like, it's always been very helpful for me to be able to do that and, and get it out and hear myself saying it. So it's not like I'm just speaking it and hearing myself talking, but I go back and listen to it and I get to hear myself saying it. Now, in that sense, making this album was that through and through. But because of the way Anthony was feeding me the beats and because of this thing that I had in my head that there was a, a string that you could follow through all these songs, it allowed me to like start to write the story as I go. You know, when you write a book, you kind of want to make an outline first. Yeah. We didn't do that. I didn't get to know the outline. Oftentimes when me and him make albums, there would be an outline because I would kind of, he'd play me some beats and be like, these are the things I'm talking about, thinking about. And I'll be like, okay, yeah, cool. Let me start with that one. And then, and then, and then we'll get all the songs and then we'll sequence the album in this way. We sequenced it as it went. And so it allowed me to draw that line through the album because I already kind of knew how the album was going to be sequenced. I seen it. You know what I mean? I was able to go, Oh, so instead of figuring out where I want this protagonist to end up, I mean, obviously, to some extent, I, I wanted a happy ending for the story uh, because it has a happy beginning. And so I wanted to, I wanted to do that, but it, it also just it gave me room to fuck around and, and, and drop little fucking Easter eggs in there that are either I'm referencing old shit or I'm referencing songs that just occurred. You know what I'm saying? But it, it gave me this room to like think way outside the box because of what Anthony did. The way he decided he wanted to address the sequencing and the technique, the, the, the actual creation of this project. It gave me all this space to think. You know, I believe that if you distract your peripheral vision 
you're able to focus better. That's why I like to do press. I like to do interviews for my car while I'm driving. I like to have, you know, some people will like leave the TV on in the room with the sound turned down while they write their paper. Do you do that? Because there's some movement over there. I don't, I don't fuck with TV too much, but some people do. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those things where it's right. like, yep. And, and, and because your peripheral, all of the bullshit in your brain gets used and distracted by that so that you could take the part of your brain and zoom in on what it is you're trying to zoom in on, especially if you happen to smoke weed too. So with that said, I feel like he was able to fucking figure out a way to distract my peripheral by giving mm. me all these other little parts to juggle and think about while I'm making it. And it, it allowed me to like kind of really be intentional about some of the shit I said. Now that's not to say there's not hella bars on here that are just spur of the moment. There are, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be like, I intentionally made this album. So like, like this, I, I was following the story as it went. I did want it to end on a happy note. I didn't want it to end with death. Um, but I wanted to address, you know, the concept of the end as a as a as a large event. And so I was mm. I, I I knew I, that was one of the things that I knew I wanted to address, you know, just just based off of how much turmoil, how much infighting, how many problems we have as a people, our inability to get along while simultaneously continuing to fucking consume and consume and consume and overpopulate. I wanted to address an extinction level event without being over the top. And that's what still life is. The song Still Life with Murkage Dave is about being in love during the end of the world. And it's kind of my way of saying, and the protagonist's way, by the way, who who had decided not to die, um, decided not to leave the planet. When that protagonist gets to still life and realizes, nope, I want to stay here because I love you, whether that protagonist is talking to their partner or to the to, to society, that's up to you. But I, I'm staying here. I want to hold your hand until my own hand falls off my wrist. I'm going to be here till death. But look, yeah. we're watching death. We're watching the end of the world. This right. is the end of the world. And here and here we are. And that's kind of my way of saying like, yo, I don't want to die. And I don't want you to die. I want us all to die. All at once. I couldn't mm. imagine a happier ending. I don't want my children to have to miss me. I don't want to put them through what we've all gone through, losing loved ones. So I have to stay alive until the end of the world. Incredible. Like, I'm not asking for the end of the world to happen tomorrow by any means. I got a lot to do. But what I am saying is, okay, I'm reinforcing to myself that I got to make some proper fucking life choices so that I can stay alive until the end of the world. Now, you can read that a bunch of ways because let's face it, when I die, that's the end of the world. I'm not here to see anybody miss me. I don't know what's going to happen. The actual world could melt literally five minutes after my death. I wouldn't know. Doesn't matter. The end of the world is the moment I die. But in a romanticized space, I want to, I want the whole world to end at once so that none of us have to feel the pain of continuing to live, you know? And so that's that song. Now, the other side is when I wrote it, I also realized, oh, this sounds like a divorce song. Like when I, when I looked at it through that lens, I was like, holy shit, I'm going to have to like make sure to tell my wife, baby, this ain't about divorce because it's not. But I can see how somebody who might be going through that could hear that song still life and be like, wow, because the end of the world is the divorce. Like, baby, I still love you, but we depart. And that's when I decided, holy shit, I want to have Sarak come on the next fucking piece and rap as as mother nature divorcing humanity and and she murdered it dude like it's like probably my favorite verse on the whole album you know what i'm saying like it's just like what she's so, so good tuned in dude she's so tuned in you know what i'm saying it's like there's not a single word i went through it there's not a single mm. word in her verse that that needed that, that that should not be there you know what i mean it's like yeah none of us none of us can do that slick rick never did that 
I've never done that. Andre 3000 says words that don't need to be said. You know what I'm saying? And these are, these, he's the, he's the best. You know what I'm saying? And it's, so it's like, it, it's like, so, so for her to give me a verse that doesn't have a single unnecessary word, bro, I was so fucking happy. And then, like I said, that next song, it gives me this beat that I'm like, I don't know what to do with this because it starts off with a voice sample that almost gives me like a De La Soul kind of a vibe or something. And I'm like, ah, oh, what do I do? And then the beat comes in and it's super slow. And I'm just like, shit. So all what I did is I just reinforced the two songs prior. You know what I'm saying? I mean, truth be told, you know, side C. I reinforced side C kind of with that song, Positive Space. to chasms rain seasons lead to monsoons when my tear ducts stop to spasm contemplating a bitter end that's a gravity y'all can't fathom but all that hate and toxic bickering epic battles y'all can have and on this eve i'm pondering splitting from the atom i wonder if the fallout will be a big bang of a quiet release from the patterns you say you respect me vow to protect me to turn right around and deplete me my energy worked too much to allow our cycles to keep on repeating this is over or maybe it took too long to hear from It took you long enough to see my pain Before you feel some So maybe I need space so I can face that Which I fear that me without you Might be a vast improvement in my atmosphere So choose your fate What the creation of this album really did for you Was repurpose your role as an artist And essentially repurpose your role as a man As a husband and as a father You know what, I would say the album was made during a time that I was going through exactly what you said. I won't put it on this album. You know, I think the album is just a side effect of the concept of repurposing. You know, I was going through changes as a human and because of some of those changes, or I don't know if change is the right word. I was having some experiences as a human, as a husband, as a father, and as an artist, as a role model, as a, you know, uh, as, a, in, as an account on Twitter. <laughs> Feel me? I was going through experiences that gave me insight and, and, and new, new ideas for repurposing, I guess. You know, I mean, I think it's all kind of remains to be told still because it's still an ongoing evolution. But I do think this album happened to be made in a very pivotal part of that evolution. And so this album is a side effect of that. You know what I mean? Like I would never want to oversell or overhype the album by being like, well, this album changed my life. But I think what happened is my life changed things that, you, that, 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 that ended up showing up on the album. It changed some of the ways that I approach songwriting. You know what I'm saying? Or it just gave me some new tricks. Me and Anthony, every time we make some shit, we hope to walk away with a couple fucking muscles that are getting worked. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and so this, this album works some muscles that since have still stayed active because I'm still writing. You know what I'm saying? And that's not to say the next album is going to be better or worse or what, but all of it is part of that process. So everything on this album will inform what we do next and so on and so forth. I think I'm feeling all right. It'll be all good. Even if it's worse than it looks. Stay aware of where you put your best foot. It's gonna be all good. All right. Okay. It'll be just fine. Even if there ain't enough time. I was alive. I was a piece of the design. It's gonna be just fine. All right. Okay. It'll be all right. Even if it's the songs that we ran with for the focus tracks you know we used to say singles now we say focus tracks the songs that we picked for the focus tracks i picked them because of how they spoke to me i literally when i turned the record into the label i was like hey if you guys want to do any of these fucking songs i stand next to any of them go ahead pick what you pick you know what i'm saying and then when it came down to it they're like well what do you think and me and aunt you know we both showed them the songs that we thought well you might want to think about these and they were like cool those are the ones then 
because those are the ones that you're going to want to perform. Those are the ones that you're going to want. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, nowadays when you're not going for radio per se, um, it should be about the songs that you feel the most connected to. That should be your video because you're going to perform that shit. And so, you know, if you're going to sink an additional fucking couple thousand dollars or more into creating visuals for something it, it should be something that you're going to fucking want to have fun with you know what i'm saying or, or, or you're going to want to perform or you're you know what i mean except instead of the other way around i think the industry used to do it the other way around they'd be like well this song sounds the most accessible so now you are forced to perform that now, for us it's like this is the one i like the most i'm gonna perform this well all right then let's make a fucking video for that i want people to go create i want people to go and take what they took from me and, and, and share it and spread it by making something that somebody else can take from. I want to thank you for giving us 30 plus years of hope and inspiration with your music and creating this masterpiece. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for, thank you for once again, shedding some light on us, shining some light on us. Yeah. You, you know, I, I appreciate that. I, I, um, you know, after 30 years of, 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 of this job, I can obviously see, who cares about what they are giving light to? And, and, and you've been at this for a long time, man. And, and, and you, you, you kill it. Like, like what you do is I, I think that your listeners know how, how genuine this is for you. So I appreciate you allowing me to, to be a part of your journey, bro. I wish I could show my appreciation for this podcast. I wish I could respond to it somehow or be notified in the future when Fly Fidelity updates because it's so great. But I don't think there's a way I can do any of those things. Uh-oh. You're wrong. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud and never miss an episode. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. My people, are you with me where you at?